freedom fighters, freedom lovers, and those who just want stuff for free. Hello, welcome, bienvenidos. This is Mr. Palumbo, your favorite social studies teacher with slightly above average looks, style, and intelligence. And this is the Professor Liberty Podcast. I hope everyone's doing well out there. I'm sorry it's been like two weeks since I did a podcast. So those 25 hardcore followers out there, I was thinking about you today, and I'm not going to let you down, though I don't think the topic today is very encouraging. Because as the winds of history continue to push us towards tyranny, We have an obligation, boys and girls, to educate ourselves with knowledge, to have courage, and we have the determination to let freedom ring. But here's the problem, folks. We don't know what freedom is anymore, so how do we let it ring? Things our grandparents were allowed to do, we aren't allowed to do anymore. In a country where the government is supposed to have few enumerated powers... It doesn't seem that way. In Federalist 46, James Madison said, before the Constitution was even ratified, that the federal government's powers would be few and defined. Does it feel like that today? Seriously. What are you allowed to do today that does not require the government's permission or approval? You know, for some of us, people say things like, our freedoms, or this is a free country, or this is, this is the land of liberty. When I hear those things, I cringe now. Those things aren't even true anymore. They're just words. They're just sayings. How did we get here? How did we get to a place where the federal government's powers were supposed to be few and defined by the guy, that's from the guy who wrote the document, to the current state of things? How did we get to a place where the government regulates the gas mileage of our cars? It determines if we can collect rainwater or not. How did we get to a place where you're taxed when you buy something? You're taxed when you make money. You're taxed when you sell something. You're taxed when you die and leave things for your kids. You're taxed if you make a profit on investments. You're taxed when you reserve a hotel room. You're taxed, 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 taxed. And here's the creme de la creme. Here is the ultimate proverbial getting kicked in the crotch. What does the government do with all those taxes? It spends millions and millions and millions on researching shrimp running on a treadmill. Or it takes those taxes, sends them overseas, sends them to countries that hate us, sends our young people over with them, and then after 20 years of a quagmire, we leave Afghanistan, and the Taliban have more equipment than most modern armies. They're better off today than they were 20 years ago. But let's raise them taxes, boys. And let's talk about something else. Let's talk about culturally. How did we get to a place in this country where standing for the flag is white supremacy, where we now have a black national anthem. We have a white national anthem and we've got a black one. I'm waiting for the Latino, I'm sorry, Latinx. Sounds like Kleenex. When's the Latino national anthem going to come in? This is one country. 
And, you know, we don't say the Pledge of Allegiance in school anymore. We don't have a respect for authority anymore, which, if we're honest, they haven't done much to earn our respect. No one respects the presidency anymore. For the past three weeks at a football game, the crowds have been chanting, F Joe Biden. Now, those on the left who support old Joe are up in arms saying this is very disrespectful, but they seem to forget that they were the ones right when Trump was elected. He didn't get to do anything, and they were having those marches in the street, and they were saying, hashtag, not my president. Let's be honest. Young people don't care about being American anymore. Our country is a ship adrift in the ocean at this point. But if we knew history, we would see that this is how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Democracies, and more specifically, republics, die by suicide. And the founders knew this. John Adams is quoted as saying, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. The fact remains that republics have always been an exception to the rule when talking about world history. Republics don't last long because they require an informed and, yes, a virtuous citizenry. It was also John Adams, who let me just throw it in there just in case nobody knows, John Adams, he was there in the beginning of the revolution. He's part of the First Continental Congress. He's part of the Second Continental Congress. He nominates George Washington for commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. He is the first vice president of the United States, and he's the second president of the United States. That John Adams is quoted as saying, Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, unquote. Now, does this mean we all have to walk around with robes on and and have Bibles in our hand and the whole country needs to be praying and the whole country needs to go to church? That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is people have to have a moral compass. To have a free country, you have to have citizens that know right from wrong. Let me ask you this. Why did President Nixon resign the presidency? Why did he resign? Because he got caught doing something wrong and he knew he was going to get impeached and then he was going to get removed, right? Look at what the presidents these past 30 years, well, maybe even 20 years, look what they've been doing. Afghanistan alone should have Biden packing and on his butt out of the White House. Why isn't anything doing? Why why is nobody doing anything about it? Because nobody cares. Nobody knows right from wrong. We're all on TikTok. We're all on Tinder. We're all trying to gratify our sinful natures. That's all we want to do. We want to sit at home, watch Netflix, get our stimulus check, and eat potato chips. Who cares what the government does? And you cannot have a republic in that situation. Uh, uh, wait a minute, Mr. Plumbo. Mr. Plumbo, can I say something? Mr. Plumbo, can I say, I got my hand up. Mr. Plumbo. Yes, yes, yes. What is it? Uh, so you're saying, Mr. Plumbo, that, uh, so what are you saying? Uh, America's gonna end? Aren't you, aren't, you're being a little dramatic, Mr. Plumbo. This is America, right? Okay, what's your point? Well, uh, 
aren't you supposed to be pro-America? You're always talking about how awesome America is, blah, blah, blah. Now you're saying America's going to die and it's going to commit suicide? What I'm saying is that America is a republic. And like any other republic before her, she can indeed meet the same fate that they did. We have a nation full of ignorant citizens. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Ignorant as in they literally do not know. And we also have these same people ungrateful for the heritage they've been born into. Regarding the health of a republic, that's a bad mix, folks. Now, I have an article here. A colleague gave it to me the other day. And as I read it, I thought this would be a great topic to share. It's entitled, Not by Math Alone. And it's written in part by former Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. So let me read this for you. It's, it's actually, it's more of an op-ed. It's not a very long article. It reads, Fierce global competition prompted President Bush to use the State of the Union address to call for better math and science education, where there's evidence that many schools are falling short. We should be equally troubled by another shortcoming in American schools. Most people today simply do not have an adequate understanding of how our government and political system work, and they are thus not well prepared to participate as citizens. This country has a long exemplified democratic practice to the rest of the world. With the attention we are paying to advancing democracy abroad, we ought not neglect it at home. Two-thirds of 12th graders scored below proficient on the last national civics assessment in 1998, and only 9% could list two ways a democracy benefits from citizen participation. Yes, young people remain highly patriotic. That has changed. This was written, a little commentary here, this was written in 2006, hence why they're talking about George Bush and patriotism. My, how things change quickly. Anyway, back to the article. But most are largely disconnected from current events and issues. A healthy democracy depends on the participation of citizens, and that participation is a learned behavior. It doesn't just happen. As the 2003 report, the Civics Mission of Schools noted, individuals do not automatically become free and responsible citizens but must be educated for citizenship. That means civic learning, educating students for democracy, needs to be on par with the other academic subjects. This is not a new idea. Our first public school saw education for citizenship as a core part of their mission. Eighty years ago, John Dewey said, quote, democracy needs to be reborn in every generation, unquote. Now, like I said earlier, this was written 15 years ago, 2006. How's it going? How's it going since this was written 15 years ago? It's only gotten worse. Not only do more and more young people know very little about American history or American government, more and more young people also have disdain for this country. Coincidence? I think not. In a 2018 article, Arthur Levine writes for TheHill.com, quote, Americans need to understand the past in order to make sense of the chaotic present and the incoherent future. 
History is both an anchor in a time when change assaults us, like the present, and a laboratory for studying the changes that are to come. I love that. I think I'm going to keep that, put it on the wall somewhere. It offers the promise of providing a common bond among Americans when our divisions are profound and our differences threaten to overshadow our commonalities. So what do we do when only 13%, this is still the article, what do we do when only 13% of Americans know when the U.S. Constitution was ratified? Or when 6 out of 10 do not know which countries the United States fought in in World War II? Or when less than a quarter of Americans know why we fought the British during the Revolutionary War? And at a time when so much of the nation is transfixed on the U.S. Supreme Court and who serves on it, what does it mean when 57% of Americans don't know how many justices actually serve today? Imagine what they know or don't know about the early decisions about Marbury versus Madison or FDR's attempt to pack the court and of what all this means for our nation. All told, 36% of those surveyed were able to pass a citizenship exam. Identifying our collective educational shortcomings is not an attempt to embarrass the American people or to insult our nation's intelligence. It is, though, a call for why we need to do better when it comes to learning, teaching American history. Unquote. Now, I'd go further and say not only have public schools been too focused on STEM, they're also too focused on sowing the seeds of our own destruction through left-wing ideologies like critical race theory or 1619 Project. These ideologies put race front and center in a nation that is made up of many races. You want to destroy the republic? Insert a little tribalism. That'll get it going really fast. And remember what Sandra Day O'Connor said when, when she was quoting John Dewey. Remember what John Dewey said? Who is considered uh, the father of public schools, by the way, public education. And just side note, he was no right winger. He said, democracy must be reborn every generation. And if that's the case, what this generation is learning might be the final blow to this whole American enterprise. According to a poll taken this January, January 2021, a share of Americans with a positive view of capitalism declined from 61% in 2019 to 57% this year. That same poll shows a rise in viewing socialism favorably. You know, people laugh and mock at folks like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. But there are millions just like her out there. They're the generation coming up and will soon fill more seats of power in the Congress. We need to stop mocking these people and take them seriously because they themselves are very serious and their ideas are dangerous and destructive to democracy. So in closing, how do we, how do we turn this all around? I, I don't know if we can, ladies and gentlemen. I think, uh, you know, the Titanic was a big ship. It had a small rudder. Turning things around took a long, long time. Cultural changes, generational changes over time. One thing we can do is educate ourselves. Do you know the Ten Amendments to the Bill of Rights? 
And let's take John Adams at his word. Do you know the Ten Commandments? Are you a moral person? Do you try to do good? And will you stand up when something is wrong or something is bad? That takes morality. That takes courage. We need that. And I'll tell you what, we need to get education into these kids. My students know who Nicki Minaj is. My students know who Kanye West is. My students probably could not name one Supreme Court justice, and they probably have no idea who their representative and who their senator is. 50% of them would probably get who the governor was. You cannot have a free country. You cannot have a republic if the citizens do not care about it. That's how republics die, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody cares, and nobody knows how to do anything about stopping the train before it reaches the cliff. And eventually, a Julius Caesar comes along, a Fidel Castro comes along, an Adolf Hitler comes along, steps into the void, and takes power for the good of the country, and assumes emergency powers because there's an emergency. And before you know it, the republic is gone. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please give me a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to email the show, the email is Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. Also check us out on Facebook. And if you'd like to see some of my lessons, go to teacherpayteachers.com and search Professor Liberty and you can support us financially that way. Until next time, boys and girls, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.